The biggest earthquake in over a hundred years has rocked northern Africa. The city of Marrakesh in Morocco is still reeling from the disaster. On top of that, Libya's flooding. Water far as the eye can see. Thousands dead. Maranatha. The earthquake hit late Friday evening at a magnitude of 6.8, the strongest quake to hit in northern Africa for a hundred years. The epicenter was 50 miles south of Marrakesh. The shockwaves sent the southern parts of the city into ruins. Almost 3,000 are dead. Meanwhile, a few hundred miles east, Libya is underwater. A Mediterranean storm has washed away entire towns and communities. Over 10,000 people are missing. Earthquakes, storms, floods, chaos all over the globe. We see this, and sometimes we have no idea what to do. Well, we can pray. The Lord hears us. We pray for the victims. We pray for the families. And Lord Jesus, we pray you come quickly. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this Thursday in September, we're in a series called Back to School, Back to Prayer. School is back in session, and the need for prayer has never been greater. Our children need the Lord's guidance. They need His protection. We start our school year with prayer, and we should end it in prayer. It's important that we teach our kids to go to the Lord who holds their lives in His hands, to go to Him in the name of Jesus, to trust in Him for everything. And all this week, we've been talking about how, as adults, we need to be praying for our kids. And of course, we need to not only pray for them, but to show them how to pray by modeling prayer for them. But how do we do that? Well, with me again is Melissa Kruger. She's written a book called Five Things to Pray for Our Kids. Melissa, how do we show our children how to pray? Yeah, I think the best thing about prayer is you can do it anytime, anywhere. And so, you know, when they fall down and hurt themselves, you know, and you're bandaging wounds, you can pray and ask God to heal it. I mean, you know, when you're driving carpool, which goodness gracious, how much time do we spend in the cars as moms? Um, you can pray on the way to school each day with your kids in the car. You can pray on the way to church, like help us understand the message. Um I mean, the nice thing about praying with our kids, it's this wonderful activity that somehow kids understand is important. It's amazing. You don't really have to teach kids that. They just get, hold on, this is something different than just talking to mom and dad. And they really will join in. And I think the younger kids learn to make prayer a daily part of their rhythms, the more natural it will be to them as they age. It just hmm. will be their go-to that mm -hmm. they will think of as quite normal. And it's been interesting to me to watch. You know, we obviously prayed with our kids all the time when they were little. And now we still pray with them as they're older. You know, and mm -hmm. we pray before the test and we pray before the games. We pray before tryouts. We pray in all these ways. And it's just a normal, beautiful part of our home that we all accept. We can't make everything happen the way mm -hmm. we like it, but we can ask God. And if he says no, then we can trust him. And so we mm. have all those conversations because that's life. You know, prayer, we know that that God is not a magic genie that we, you know, 
get three wishes and, and that's how it mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. But actually that we can give him a thousand prayer requests and then we can actually learn and teach our kids that God actually knows what's best. So if he doesn't answer something the way we hoped he would, that means he had a better plan. And like, that's a great lesson we get to teach our kids through prayer because that's a lesson we're also learning as adults. Melissa Kruger, thanks again for sharing that simple reminder of how to model prayer for our kids. And thanks again for being here with us on Haven today. Thank you, Charles. In a moment, we're going to think more about prayer. Praying for our kids, praying for ourselves, whether we are parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, or just neighbors. And we will also hear from a missionary mom of five boys sharing a couple of sweet stories about prayer in her family's life. Then after the program, I want to send you Melissa's helpful book called Five Things to Pray for Your Kids. This prayer guide is under a 100 pages long, but it's filled with scripture and prayer prompts that'll help you every day pray for the children in your life. And it's easy to use over and over again. So for your gift to the ministry, I'd like to send you five things to pray for your kids. Here's our number to call after the program, 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can go online and watch the video we've posted with Melissa Kruger and check out the sample chapter and then make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now let's get the program started with Jeremy Camp and his wife, Adrienne Camp. Whatever may come. Whatever I face, whatever the fear, whatever the cost, you always draw near. Whatever the pain, whatever may come, whatever may fall, your love overcomes. Your love overcomes. Neither death nor 
Jeremy Camp and Whatever May Come here on a haven today, back to school, back to prayer. I'm Charles Morris. And before we go to God's Word, I want us to go to South Carolina and meet up with a woman named Jessica. She's a mom. Welcome to the program, Jessica. Hey, it's great to be here, Charles. Jessica, you're a mother of five boys. You and your husband served as missionaries in both Japan as well as Costa Rica. Can you share with us how you and your husband modeled prayer for your kids, even as some of them are getting older? Yeah, sure. Okay, so we do. We have five boys, and um, we've got teenagers. We've got one who's graduated from college and one, two who are in college right now. And I think although we've established patterns of prayer together as a family, like mealtime prayers around the table, you know, for dinner or prayers of celebration when something has really been answered for us or something that's heavy on uh, one of the boys' hearts. But this year, as we've got a son who's studying abroad, he was, it was a big move for him. He's never lived that far away from us, although we've been international before as families, as missionaries. So he was, you know, adapting to life on his own. And it was really hard for him. There were so many things that he had to problem solve and figure out and navigate. And so it was just really hard, especially at the end of the night, um, to kind of settle down and quiet his thoughts. And so I didn't know it at first that it was happening. But a few times at dinner, the my husband's alarm kept going off on the phone and he would step away from the dinner table. And what I didn't know is that he had set his alarm so that he was calling my son at the end of my son's night so that he could just pray with him before he ended his day. And um, I think that that's just a sweet reminder that our kids are never too old to know that we're invested in their relationship with the Lord and their way that they're starting and ending their day to be at peace um, and to be confident that the Lord's with them. So I think that's just a sweet story to remind us that um, we are on the job um, forever and always to be praying for our kids and to let them know that there's always time in our day um, to make that happen. Jessica, that is so sweet of your husband to pray with your oldest boy that way. And you're still getting opportunities to pray with your boys at home, even for the smallest of things, right? Yeah. Just recently, I was at home with my uh, my youngest, and it was a Friday night. We love Friday nights, but we were the only two in the house, and we had lost power. So we were trying to figure out how we were going to make dinner 
changing of plans and whatnot. And we had some good creative thoughts going on and, and it was just getting colder and we, I was getting grumpier. And all of a sudden I just, I just stopped out loud and he was sitting on the, the couch and I just, I just prayed, Lord, I need the power on. I really need it to come on soon. Amen, Lord Jesus. And the lights just came on after that. And so my son was just, his jaw dropped. He's like, mom, I said, honey, we can always pray about what's on our heart to the Lord. <laughs> And so just a fun thing, but just a reminder that we can pause, you know, in our day and to model those things that even when we get frazzled as parents, um, we need to turn to the Lord and admit that we are feeling feeble, feeling weak. (laughs) Jessica, what a simple way the Lord showed you and your youngest that God is truly sovereign, even over the power. Thanks so much for sharing with us here on the program. Thanks, Charles, so much for having me share today. You're listening to Haven Today. The program is called Back to School, Back to Prayer. Listening to Jessica speak about some of the examples from her own life with her children, it really strikes me. I know I can't speak for you, but I have a heart for the next generation and the generation after that. Think about the world that they're growing up in. The economy has been volatile. The COVID-19 pandemic caused instability. There's been a war in Europe. People are at each other's throats politically. And then there's the technology, all the information we could ever want or need in our hand or in our pocket. In some ways, it's the same world you and I grew up in, but in other ways, it's quite different. Still, we can have confidence because we know the Lord is faithful. Remember, How our Lord told the disciples to take his message to the ends of the earth. And he finished the Great Commission by saying these words, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now that's a promise. And one of the things Jesus promises us in those words is that he isn't going to take a generation off. He isn't going to skip 20 or 30 years of the church. And you know, I think praying for our kids involves praying for ourselves, that the Lord would shape and mold us to be who we need to be for them, that we would be able to teach them who God is and share what the Lord has done in our lives, to tell them of his goodness. And that reminds me of Psalm 78. My people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power, and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them even the children yet to be born. And they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. Now, isn't that a beautiful picture? Asaph was writing this psalm to tell the next generation who the Lord is and what he has done. And how does Asaph himself know these things? His ancestors passed them along to him. Did you ever play the telephone game as a kid? You and your friends would 
sit in a line or stand in a line, and the first person would come upon a sentence. It would be whispered in one ear after another all the way down the line. And wouldn't you know it, the sentence would always be different by the time it got to the very last person. But Asaph was talking about something different here. It wasn't something whispered in secret. He was talking about something openly shared, publicly proclaimed by a lot of people, to a lot of people, something trustworthy, the praiseworthy deeds of God for his people. And what was the Lord's plan? That parents and grandparents, with all their children on and down the line, even to generations yet unborn. And this is a reminder for us today, wouldn't you say? Before we can tell our children about God, we need to listen to his teaching ourselves. So you can pray for yourself that the Holy Spirit would open your ears to hear of God's wonderful deeds, especially the ones he did through Christ. And you can pray that you would spend time reading the Bible and praying that you would go to church and hear what God has to say to his people and that you would turn around and share those things with the next generation. And beyond praying that God would teach us so that we can teach our kids we can pray that we will create a home of patience and kindness for our children. Do you remember the Apostle Paul's words in Colossians 3? Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive, as the Lord forgives you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. That shouldn't just be what happens among adults. We should praise God that he has saved us in Jesus, and he loves us. Sometimes I think that's one of the things we forget too often. Or at least I know I'm tempted to forget it. But if the Lord loves us and has forgiven us, then we should love and forgive others, including our children and our grandchildren and our neighbor's children. We can pray that we will give this to the next generation and that they will see glimpses of God's love as we love them day by day. And there's one more thing you and I can pray, and I think this may be one of the toughest. We can pray that we will trust the Lord with them. We like to be in control, don't we? to think that we have everything organized, handled, but so many things are out of our control. That's why we need to trust our Savior with everything, even the most important things like our children. Think of David's words from Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? One thing I ask from the Lord. This only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent, and set me high upon a rock. Do you recall the day you held maybe your firstborn child? And when you brought him or her home from the hospital? They just give you this newborn human and 
send you home without any kind of instruction manual. And even with all of the advice and the books out there on parenting, there's still a lot of uncertainty on our part. Are we doing it right? Can we know if we're doing it right? Well, we can trust the Lord with our children. And we can remember that our relationship with them is not the most important part of our lives. That honor is reserved for our relationship with God. He is our Father through Jesus Christ, and He is trustworthy. So we can pray to Him, knowing that He hears us, and we can pray that He will encourage us and strengthen us and help us to preserve us as we share Christ with our children. Here at Haven Today, we love to tell the great story that's all about Jesus. May the Lord enable us to share that great story with the next generation.
Horton Hall Band. May the mind of Christ, my Savior, here on this haven today. You've been hearing me talk all week about Melissa Kruger's short but sweet book called Five Things to Pray for Your Kids. So rather than me explain the book to you, why not let the author do that for us right now? Well, Five Things to Pray for Your Kids is really just a book to help you pray. It's not a book so much on the topic of prayer, but it walks you through different passages of scripture and helps you pull out themes to pray for your child. And so what I love about it is it's really small. It can fit in most women's purses and it doesn't even have to be a big purse. It's tiny. It can go with you everywhere. And what I love about that is I can take it to the places in my day where I'm kind of sitting and waiting. And I can just open it up and I can use it to help me pray scripture for my kids. And so that's what I love about it. And I use it myself and I hope it will encourage other people to just pray big scripture filled prayers for their kids. I want to send you five things to pray for your kids by Melissa Kruger right away for your gift to the ministry. You just need to get in touch with us. But why don't you do it right now? Take a look at the sample chapter and see for yourself how easy this book is to use. And then make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or you can call us right now if that's easier. And the number to call is 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when on Friday we'll meet up again And we'll do that in light of the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. We've all met this kind of person before. Ahead in the clouds are always thinking about something else. It can be frustrating. It seems like they don't live in reality. And many people think this is how Christians live, so heavenly-minded that they lose focus on anything else, head in the clouds. That's why I'm encouraged by Paul's words in 1 Thessalonians 4.1. He said he instructed the church how to live, and then he said, do this and more. It's not because I think we can earn God's love, but because Paul wasn't satisfied to have Christians live in the clouds. Live here. Honor Christ here. Show the world your faith. Jesus reigns. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit getanchor.com.